Bubba Chicken says. Oh. Nothing. Yeah, the rubber chicken has nothing to say because the rubber chicken has taken his leave this week, taking a little time off for himself, maybe visiting the rubber chicken spa or wherever rubber chickens gather, uh, or wherever rubber chickens go to vacate. Um, but uh, he's out of here. And uh, so no cock-a-doodle-doo today. Uh, just uh, me here, this being the... Uh, Lewis Plex Rantcast, 92, taking a break. Uh, as you can tell over the past few episodes, I've been kind of moving toward a break or a breakdown. I'm not breaking down, but I am taking a break. Uh, I needed one, and I think that one you need. And so uh, what you will be hearing uh, is a surprise. It would be a surprise to me. It'll be a surprise to you. It could be uh, some of the old um, uh the, the, not the, 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 you know, an older uh, rant cast and we'll bring it back, uh, kind of a repeat, uh, you know, like they used to do in the summers. They would actually take the shows they had on during the year and sh- show them again. And so you could think of this as a summer repeat. Uh, also, it, it may be a collection of uh, the newer rants that we've gotten over the past, uh, the past couple of months. And, and be sure, folks, to send in those rants. Continue to do that because I will continue to stockpile them and continue to get as many recorded as I possibly can. Um, so I know that some of you have felt that uh, you've sent in a ton and how come I haven't read them and it's just a matter of there being a ton and sifting through them. So uh, I hope that uh, you will get them out to us and that uh, you remember uh, if you do like it, uh, if you like the Rancast on YouTube, uh, hit subscribe. Uh, it'll be a big help. It tells YouTube that uh, folks are interested in it and they won't start screwing with it once they sell it to whoever they sell it to. I'm sure that YouTube will be sold eventually to, you know, you know, so whoever it is, Elon Musk, maybe. It could be it. He, that's why he wanted out of Twitter. He, he wanted YouTube. Why? Because I'm on it. He wanted to own me, that son of a bitch. But I'm not going to have it. So please, please hit subscribe. Um, and I think that's really all I got because I got to get going. Uh, where? Uh, uh, it's. I'll tell you about it when when I get back. I'm going to leave you. you say, Ooh, it creates an air of mystery, so you can sit there. And if you are sitting around wondering uh, what I did uh, with this time that I've taken off, get to a psychiatrist. You were really get your focus somewhere else because uh, I don't even know where I'm going to be. Well, I do know. And it's a secret. So don't think about it. Think about what's in front of you, what's ahead, and how joyous it's going to be uh, when uh, when we actually deal with uh, climate change. That's going to be fun. And that'll be down the road. I'll see you there. Uh, it'll be in a week or so. A week. We'll be back with Rancast 93, entitled, I'm Back. <laughs> Won't be the name of it. I have a really great title by then because I'll be refreshed. And I hope you refresh yourselves as I really, it's hard for me to, to not feel like I should give you more of my time because uh, I need to keep talking. Why? Because it's the one time I know that I'm actually alive. When I stop talking, you go, oh, fuck, I think I died. But that's a really a private moment. And I'll leave you with that very special secret. 
Yep. And uh, this was all done this morning here. And I wasn't on drugs. Nope. Little hungover. Mm -hmm. A little too much wine. So thanks for watching. Uh, and I mean that. Enjoy it. Uh, the rants that come in really mean the world to me. And I hope they uh, make a difference for you. We all have something to bitch about. And it's important. Because it helps get that shit off your chest. So get them in. And continue uh, to uh, do whatever it takes for you to get through these troubled times. Uh, and thank you for helping me get through them. Hello there. We're getting ready to rant here in the extraordinary cable access studio. We're going to move this camera here. Let's have some. Yep. Yeah. Aisle six there. We got that. Thank you very much for moving that over. Really appreciate your work on that, Ted. And, uh, as you can see, I'm not in a suit or I'm not in a, in a sport coat, at least. Um, it's the 4th of July. So I thought, uh, I don't know when you're seeing this, but I thought, you know, why not uh, express my freedom <laughs> and independence by... Uh, by taking it off, and uh, it's it's one of those days where it's uh, the humidity is staggering. But uh, it's one of those weekends, which is great to be in New York. Marie Moss is a bit miffed and sent this our way. So my husband and I got married last October, and as usual, family drama made the wedding a blast and a half. Now I'm six months pregnant with our first child and probably only child. This shit sucks. And things have been calm family-wise until recently. My mother-in-law decided to throw me a baby shower after I said no. My family is two states away and getting everyone together is difficult. Now, because the date that was chosen doesn't work for half my family, I'm on the receiving end of my mother-in-law's rage. Can I just say again? I am six months pregnant. Huh? I am not in the mood to be fucking messed with at this time. I'm sober. I'm eating healthy thanks to gestational diabetes, and I'm constantly exhausted from limiting caffeine. It is taking every ounce of self-control not to say, fuck you, fuck off and eat glass to both of our families. Any advice for dealing with an overbearing mother-in-law, just not giving three fucks anymore? Yoga doesn't work. And I can't pop a Xanax anymore. Fuck me. Warmest regards, Marie from Milwaukee. And thank you, Marie. And thanks for the regards. And no, I have no advice. I don't know. How the ways in which I dealt with the mother-in-law was get out of a marriage really quickly and then not go back into one. Uh, it is my belief, Marie, however, that um, uh, you should be able to pick your in-laws. If you don't like your in-laws, if they're a pain in the ass, pick the in-laws along the way or, or just a, a, a couple that you really like that uh, have children your age. And you, you pick those folks who, who you think will, you'll be uh, simpatico with. And that's the way I look at it. I had uh, a relationship with a woman and I um, and we were close to uh, the possibility there was a moment or two or the marriage seemed to be possible didn't come it really was uh, it, it 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 burnt out quickly <laughs> and uh, it wasn't going to work in lucky break but 
Um, I really loved her, her parents and really uh, her, her father. And so I basically uh, accepted them as and referred to them as my in-laws. That's what you can do. Pick new ones. You know, it's like a draft. <laughs> you know, the NBA draft, the NFL draft, the in-law draft. Here's a bit of something. <laughs> uh, uh, she is not sure what it is here, but uh, this is from Alita Morgan. And thank you for sending it in, Alita. I don't know if I have a real rant. I just want to say that I've realized that you don't dwell on differences in Americans much, which is good because I find as a group, my fellow Americans tend to be full of hypocrisy. The bottom line for the collective is money and a lack of empathy for each other. We can buy something that sends a few cents to the Ukraine and feel good about ourselves in our $300,000 homes, while we vote for senators that we hope will keep homeless people out of our sight. I'm ashamed that I live in a country where everyone seems to have a beef with each other, but all of us are a bunch of angry, selfish, bickering, entitled, whiny assholes. Too bad the American dream doesn't include having a modicum of respect for ourselves by showing an ounce of respect for one another. That may not be a rant, Alita, but it is in part. It's really uh, quite cogent. A word I, I don't think I've ever used. And I'm, I'm, I think it, I, I've used it in the right context. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure. Since the pandemic, words will pop out of my mouth and uh, they were a part of the dictionary in my head. And I'll just throw them out there. But this is really... Uh, I mean, you nail it. Too bad the American dream doesn't include having a modicum of respect for ourselves by showing an ounce of respect for one another. We really should. But it's tough because we're in different realities and we're trying to hold on to it. And this is not something that I, 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 you know, one would think, you know, when I took LSD and some of the other uh, drugs in that time period, um, that I might have... Figured this, you know, thought of this is a, a paranoid vision that we were would end up at some point where we were living in two realities. One knows that uh, those uh, those drugs showed that there were alternative realities. Well, we certainly managed to nestle into two of them, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Nary a drug in sight, you know, maybe fentanyl. Mark Moeller, um, I'm hoping that's correct, Mark. I'm going with it. Uh, apologize if it's not, uh, has a lot to say. So give a listen. I'm a 29-year-old man who works in healthcare security. I've had someone try to strangle me to death. I've had someone try to stab me in the gut with scissors, but my body armor blocked it. And I've had someone try to throw me into traffic while I was trying to stop her from running into an oncoming semi-truck. And that's not even taking into account the amount of violent drunks, drug addicts, dementia patients, et cetera, I've had to contend with. Healthcare security, Mark. I I never thought of that, that gig, nor would I have taken it. That being said, Lewis, I would not trade my job for the position of being a teacher in this never-ending Jerry Springer episode of Bucking Country. 
Teachers in the United States are underpaid, underfunded, underappreciated, and many of the reasons they get scrutinized and hated on are so obtuse and banal, they constantly make me wish for a giant fucking meteor to come down and strike this planet. For reference, both of my parents are educators. Two of my siblings are teachers and another one is a teacher's aide. And the reality of the fact that their jobs can be just as dangerous, if not more so, is not fucking lost on me. Teachers get the thankless fucking job of having to deal with, at best, 30 to 40 little fucking crotch goblins per classroom, eight fucking hours a day, five days a goddamn week. In some schools, it's even worse. You have to wonder how many times in a week a teacher thinks, Jesus Christ, on a cracker, kid. If your mother gave good fucking blowjobs, you wouldn't even be here. Anytime one of their fucking crumb snatchers starts acting a fool on purpose. In addition to dealing with snotty fucking students, awful fucking parents, overly stringent superintendents, district administrators so fucking stupid, you could use their smooth brains as skipping stones. <laughs> they, they now have to deal with stress, thinking of the prospect that they and their students could be fucking murdered. And when teachers decide that enough is enough and resign from their career, our wonderful, wise society has the fucking temerity to accuse them of being lazy or clueless on how to do their jobs. Sorry, you shitty pieces of shit. But school is not meant to serve as a daycare. You dump your little mistake off for eight hours, okay? Be a parent and teach your kids some fucking manners. These same fucking reprobates are the type of room temperature IQ trumper-dumper dipshits who constantly shriek about the evil, tyrannical government coming in to suppress their freedoms and take away their guns. Ooh, gee fucking willikers, bitch. Where the fuck are you all when LGBT people are treated like animals and women no longer have the rights to their own fucking bodies? Huh? Oh, wait, that's right. You're standing in solid fucking darity with the tyrannical government you cry about, patting them on the back, sucking the turgid fucking dicks of scumbag politicians like Ted Cruz, who had the fucking audacity to speak at an NRA convention after 19 students and two teachers were murdered. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. You showed how much of a chicken shit you were when you tried to flee to Cancun when millions of your fellow Texans were without power and water during a winter storm. And you show your fucking cowardice now. Huh? Shave that stupid fucking beard off and grow a spine, you scrotum-faced rat. This is me using my freedoms to tell you how much of a scumfuck you are. What happened in Uvalde and the idiotic discourse that followed makes me embarrassed to be an American. This has happened far too much, and our fucking country has the collective memory of a goldfish. Thank you, Lewis, for speaking out about shit like this. Thank you for being yourself and for being the collective fury-filled voice for all of us who are pissed off. I try, but you've done a hell of a, of a nice job here, Mark. Be good to teachers. Oh, yeah. Fuck Tucker Carlson, too. Wipe that stupid look off your face, you beady-eyed bastard. We all know you want to fuck Rupert Murdoch. Your tie looks fucking stupid. I applaud you, Mark. You got it off your chest. And I feel better, too. And I hope the audience does. Thanks. And good good on your parents being in that whole being teachers. It's really, it's... 
who'd have thought that that would be the, the, the brutal job at this point? Huh? Shouldn't be. This is from Thomas Redacted Name. I like that. Well done, Thomas. He's angry. And here, here he goes. It's tough to know where to start something like this. So I'll just go with fuck every single veteran who schemes the system for free money after they conclude their military service. I mean, seriously, fuck every one of them and fuck all their claimed ailments that only exist on paper. And why do I feel so strongly about this one topic? Because I'm a bet who has real shit going on and will for the rest of my life. But because of the proliferation of these charlatan hustlers, I'm looked at with skeptical eyes on the best of days and outright disbelief on the worst. I went into the army in the mid-90s. I deployed to Bosnia, Kosovo, Egypt, Afghanistan, and Iraq. One of those was a peaceful deployment. The other four, not so much. You want to know what some of the shit was like? It's easy. Imagine Saving Private Ryan, but directed by David Lynch. Luckily, I made it through my service with my body mostly intact. I mean, sure, I've got a little bit of lower back trouble and knees that sound like Rice Krispies. Played through the Foo Fighters PA system, but I knew the score when I enlisted. I signed up for that. What I didn't comprehend at the age of 18 was the sheer magnitude of what PTSD could be and how much it could affect a person's life. I've been fighting for 15 years now to get the full benefits and after-service care. I think any sane and rational person would agree is probably owed to me, but because of so many practitioners of douchebaggery trying to get their free taxpayer money they have no right to claim, I have to jump through flaming hoops like Evil Knievel going over Snake River Canyon blindfolded while juggling four rabid badgers. Seriously, fuck those pieces of shit and how they've ruined the process for those of us who actually have legitimate claims. Fuck them for turning I have PTSD into a statement that most of the time results in a dismissive eye roll and a condescendingly sarcastic, of course you do, like a seven-year-old announcing he has an imaginary neon yellow rhinoceros. And most of all, fuck them for taking up financial resources from every single taxpayer so they can have the newest iPhone or take a vacation instead of that money going to silly things like giving teachers 13 cents more an hour to pour knowledge into our kids' heads, or maybe, just maybe fix a, a few potholes in some roads. I know it's not an especially humorous rant, but I needed to say it somewhere. And to every other bet out there who isn't abusing the system like a selfish, bow-legged swamp donkey, I thank you for this, your service and the personal sacrifices you've made. And I thank you, Thomas, for once again reiterating how our system is uh, just completely fucked. I mean, it's unbelievable. I can't believe they make people go through hoops like this. And it just makes me wonder how many, how many people are uh, claiming they uh, have PTSD, so, you know, and don't so that you get, you, you're getting fucked royally. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> no, it's not humorous, but needed to be said, Thomas. There's the sound of a siren. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. <laughs> that not humorous is an understatement, by the way. And we go from uh, 
one who served the nation to uh, talking about another who served our nation. This is from Liz Snyder. And um, thank you, Liz, for this, this, this story and, um, and your rant. Before I begin, I feel it is necessary to state I am a proud American and come from a family of true patriots. My father served in Vietnam and later served as a drill instructor at Fort Bliss, Texas. And the D.C. chapter of the, of the Daughters of, uh, I guess, the American Revolution is named after my six times great-grandmother. So without needing to reference anyone else, I think you all can clearly tell I've got patriotism coming out my ass. And that being said, I'm ready to finally blow a gasket on the window lickers working at Social Security and the fucking sadistic pleasure they must get from jerking the chains of the sick and elderly. You see, my boyfriend has a serious medical condition. He suffered his first amputation in 2017 and was encouraged to apply for disability. Since working was no longer a realistic option, he completed his application. Denied. He appealed the decision. Denied. He requested a hearing before a judge. Estimated wait time 500 days or approximately a year and a half. While waiting for a hearing date, he had to undergo surgery again. This time, it was another amputation. He lost his foot and a portion of his right leg. He did, however, get a hearing date for a week following his discharge from the hospital. The hearing appeared to go well, and all the testimony and official physician's statements declared him disabled. So we waited another 60 days for the official letter containing the judge's decision. Denied. This time, we got to see in writing how it all works. The judge decided not to accept the findings of Social Security, of Social Security's own experts, nor the determination of their own chosen doctor. She claimed my boyfriend could walk with a cane, and his condition is well controlled with medication. Newsflash, you crusty cunt muffin. The man with one leg cannot walk with a cane. And if his condition was well controlled with medication, then he has sure chosen some fucked up elective surgery. Don't you know it's the latest rage in weight loss? Just swing by your local hospital and get rid of a few pesky pounds by asking to be a double amputee at the age of 41. I want to scream and I want to call these people what they are right to their faces, monsters. But we don't get to do that. All we can do is request a review of the judge's decision by the Appeals Council, which we have done. And now we wait the estimated 18 to 24 months for that answer. If you have done the math, you will know we are now at five years and two amputations into this fight. I understand there are awful people in this country that falsely apply for and receive disability, disability benefits. I have even met a few. But there are honest people who are suffering for years trying to get someone to help. And before anyone questions our motivation, thinking my boyfriend or anyone else is just looking for a handout, monthly check from Uncle Sam, you can shove that self-righteous attitude straight up your holier-than-thou tight ass and, and wait for the diamond to pop out. We aren't fighting for a monthly check. We're fighting for basic health care and medication. We live in the taint of America known as Florida, 
where then Governor, now Senator Rick Scott, refused federal aid money to expand Medicaid. Because of age, my boyfriend doesn't qualify for Florida Medicaid without being declared disabled by Social Security. The medication he should be taking costs over $1,000 a month and a prosthetic leg to give him the chance of walking again can cost $10,000 or more. Maybe in 18 or 24 months, we will get lucky and he will be approved, or maybe uh, he won't make it long enough to hear that good news. As I said when I began, I'm a proud American, but the rest of these fucks are making this country a little less to be proud of. We all need to start remembering that people should come before politics and to check our personal options at the door before opening our mouths or passing judgment on anyone or anything. I don't know exactly how we got here, but it's about time we start making our way back home. Truly is, Liz. Truly is. Time to make our way back home. Good fuck. Somebody had only let the breadcrumbs out. But there's a whole group of people eating those breadcrumbs and we can't get through the forest. Those two back-to-back is really a telling tale about how the system just, how you could fucking, a guy walks in with an amputation and you're making this judgment. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Thank you, Liz. Uh, Thank you, boyfriend. And I'm sorry you have to go through this. Toby M. has sent this rant to us and uh, well worth sharing. My job is at a front desk in a well-known brand of hotels and I would like to know when people became such fucking assholes who've forgotten how to take fucking responsibility for themselves and have turned into fucking children throwing temper tantrums. The things these assholes complain about can be fucking ridiculous. I hear complaints about the design of the room. Guess what, you asshole? I didn't design it. And you're complaining to me is not going to fucking change it anytime soon. These fucking people will complain about their rate. Guess what? I didn't book your room. You did. And that is the rate you chose. If it's too high for you, then you shouldn't have picked that rate. Oh, and for you fucking idiots who complain about the free breakfast you get at our property, the charges between $115 and $200 a night, try going to a full service one that charges you about $100 to $200 more and where you have to pay for your breakfast, which may run about $18 or more. I also get to hear about how we charge too much for parking or that no one told them that there is a parking fee. Guess what? You can find that information on our website as well as anything else about the hotel. It's not my job to make sure you know about the property that you chose to stay at. And if you don't like our parking charges, huh? try staying at a full service city property that will charge you two to three times more, you cheap asshole. And another thing, just because this isn't your home doesn't mean you can trash the rooms. It takes time to clean the room for the next guest who's in the room. Which brings me to early check-ins and late checkouts. We have them for a reason. It gives guests time to have breakfast and pack as well as housekeeping time to turn the room over. Hmm? Do not get upset if we cannot accommodate your request. Many things factor into our ability to grant your request. And by the way, A request is just a request. It's not a fucking guarantee. We will do our best. 
but can't always do it. And don't fucking tell me you always get your request. I'm not an idiot. I know this business and it's impossible to always get what you request. And I don't give a damn if you're a gold, diamond or platinum loyalty member. There's a fucking lot of you, many who got there on the company's dime. And let's remember, you are not the only fucking guest at the hotel. So be fucking respectful and keep the fucking noise down when in the hallways. Some people are sleeping regardless of the time of day. And yes, they pay a lot of money to stay here too. And finally, I'm not your fucking servant. Hmm? Many times at the desk by myself with no one else available to bring you whatever thing you are asking for. Get off your fucking ass and come down to the desk and get it. I don't want to hear your frustrated sighs on the other end of the phone because I have shitloads of fucking sighs myself dealing with you selfish, self-centered assholes. Dealing with the public. It's a bitch, Toby. It's a bitch. Thanks for sharing. Here's a rant from Nathan Wood on an institution that we haven't heard ranted about in a while. Hey, Lewis, devout Christian here writing to say church in America is absolutely terrible, more or less everywhere. I can't stand it anymore. I live in a town with probably two dozen congregations of various denominations and sizes. I've attended all of them and have yet to find one where I didn't have to suppress the urge to jump the pews and strangle the pastor. It's always the same thing. You're greeted by someone at the door who volunteered to awkwardly stand in your way and hand you a bulletin. You want to refuse because the bulletin is online and you're just going to throw it out when you get home. But you take it anyways because you perceive it makes this person feel useful. Once in the auditorium, you squeeze past a family or two who are invariably sitting at the edge of the row instead of in the middle. Then you're invited to stand and worship by which they mean sing along to the most artless, droning, bridal, emasculating music ever written for, for about 10 minutes. After that's over, you get to hear a conscripted congregant read aloud the bulletin you couldn't avoid accepting on the way in. And then, ah, the piece de resistance, the sermon, a useless 30 to 90 minute misinformation marathon. Lewis, they're wrong about everything. I heard one pastor say Jews couldn't handle Roman coins because they couldn't touch idols, ignoring the fact that the Tanakh doesn't forbid touching idols anywhere, or the currency isn't an idol, or that Jesus told the Pharisees to hand him a denarii, and they did. Why the hell would I ever need to know that? Samaritan could spit. I want to like church. I really do. And I might be able to soldier through it if, after all that, they don't have the audacity to pass me an offering plate expecting me to contribute 10% of my weekly earnings for the privilege. Are you kidding me? I'd pay 10% if they would just stay closed. Damn. Well said. Well shared. Well, I shared it. You did better than I did. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for listening to my rant cast. 
If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters and the splendid rants they gave us. Lewis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me, Aha, Lewis Black. It is produced by James Salkine. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. And most of all, thank you, all of you who ranted so well on this show. <laughs>